0: Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. If this is your first week in our uh, new sermon series that we've been doing, actually, it's for our third week, uh, we're focusing on stories of hope. Uh, The first weekend, we talked about how we need to have hope to belong, and the second weekend, we talked about having hope in, the dif- in difficult circumstances, this week, uh, we're going to be discussing about the hope of deliverance, uh, kind of going along with the story that we just hear- heard, the story of hope that Keith just shared. As, as I've shared before, we all need the assurance of hope in our life. Hope is what encourages us to move forward in our life. It helps us to find direction. Staying in the state of hopelessness in your life will rob you of any future because what happens is you allow fear to lead your future instead of allowing faith to lead your future. You see, hope is a mental attitude. It's a mental attitude. It's really a precursor to faith. It's hard to have faith unless you have hope. It's our hope in God's word that will lead you into greater faith. Therefore, catch this, the enemy is going to do everything possible to rob you of hope. He's going to do everything in his power to rob you of hope. This is why your relationship with God is so important because he's not trying to rob you of hope. What he's trying to do, he is trying to fill you with hope. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, he says, I pray that the God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, I want to share a story of a man who had lost all hope. And Jesus came and he delivered him from his hopelessness. We're going to read a story from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. And I want to give you just a little bit of the backstory of this, of this, of this message today. You got to understand a little bit of the backstory to appreciate what is taking place. Jesus and his disciples were at the uh, Sea of Galilee. And Jesus was teaching what he normally did, what he did on a, a, a regular basis, he was teaching, them, teaching the multitudes. And Jesus, in the midst of teaching, and all of a sudden, it started becoming evening time. And Jesus looks at his disciples, and he says, let's cross over to the other side. Meaning that they were going to go across the lake, the Sea of Galilee. Let's cross over to the other side. As they were crossing over to the other side, they encountered a great storm. Now, this was a great storm because, you remember, the disciples that were following Jesus, some of them were fishermen. They had been out in the waters before But the storm was so great that fear gripped their life, and they all thought they were going to die. If you remember the story that Jesus is sitting in the boat, actually he's laying in the boat, and he's taking a nap. He's totally relaxed. The disciples are going crazy. They wake up Jesus. They say, we're going to die. And then Jesus speaks to the storm, and the waves and the wind, they cease, and everything is calm. This is the precursor, this is the beginning of the story as they're crossing over the Sea of Galilee, they get to the other side of that lake after the storm has been settled and we walk into this new story of Jesus encountering a man who had lost all hope. We're going to read from Mark chapter 5 verses 1 through 8. Follow along with me today. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me? Now understand something, this is not the man, this is the, 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 the evil spirit that was in, within him. Why are you in, interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that your word today would be powerful and effective in each and every one of our lives. I pray, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, it will come alive to us. And Lord God, for each individual that's sitting here today, Lord God, you will download, you will give them, Lord God, that important piece in their life that they need to hear. I pray today, before we leave, that each and every one of us will understand the story of hope in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. For the sake of time, I'm going to finish the story without reading the rest of the scripture. Jesus sets the man free of the demons, and it was said it was called the legion because there was multiple a legion. In the in that time, was, a, a, was six thousand. This man had six thousand, or could have had six thousand evil spirits that were in him. And Jesus casts these evil spirits out of this man, and he sends them into a herd of pigs. You can read this. I'm not making this stuff up, guys. Read your Bible. He sends them into a herd of pigs, and these herd of pigs, as soon as these evil spirits go into them, these pigs run into the sea, and they all drown. That's the story that I'm, I'm talking about today. But the part of the story that I want to focus on is the man who had lost hope. Think about it. He was living in a cemetery. How many of you recently spent any time living in a cemetery? How many have taken your sleeping bag down to the cemetery and decided, I'm just going to camp out in the cemetery? This man was literally living in the cemetery. He was hanging out with dead people. That's pretty hopeless. The first question I want to ask from this story today is this. Are you living in a dead place? Are you living in a dead place? The power of sin can lead you to a place in your life where you feel dead. This man had come to a place where he no longer dwelled among the living. Instead, he spent time hanging out with those things that were dead. We know this has happened. We don't know how this happened, but we do know that he was possessed with evil spirits. He would allowed darkness to take over his life. Maybe you're here today, not in a physical cemetery, but maybe emotionally you find yourself in a dead place. You've come to a place in your life that, man, it just doesn't feel like you're living anymore. It feels like everything is so difficult that you try to get up and you try to find life each and every day. You see, a place with no hope, a place that has been shut off to the outside world, that's where this man was living. Maybe sin has put you into a dead place or maybe you've allowed the influence of the enemy to all of a sudden dominate your thought life. You've started to believe the things that have been, you've been watching or the things that you've been listening to. And all of a sudden, hopelessness is starting to grip your life. You start believing that you are worthless or that you have no purpose. And suddenly, you feel like, guess what? You're living in a cemetery surrounded by dead things with no hope. It probably, let me tell you something. It probably didn't happen overnight. It might have felt like it happened overnight. But it probably happened over time. Remember when God warned Cain about his hatred of his brother Abel? Do you remember that story in Genesis when all of a sudden Cain and Abel both, both, both brought an offering before the Lord? Cain's offering was not accepted. Abel's offering was accepted. And Cain all of a sudden had this jealousy that started coming upon his life. Remember when God warned Cain about that hatred to his brother Abel? He said that sin is crouching at your door. Those are the exact words in the Bible. Sin is crouching at your door. Eventually, Cain's wrong action turned into jealousy. His jealousy turned into hatred. His hatred eventually turned into murdering his brother Abel. The statement, sin is crouching at your door. It carries this idea of a lion that is hunting and is crouching and is just waiting for the perfect time before all of a sudden it lunges and it attacks sin crouching at your door. It doesn't just immediately jump upon you. It sneaks up on you. Yeah. It's, like, it's like it sneaks up and is tacking its prey, waiting for the perfect time. Peter writes these words. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, waiting to see who he can devour. Yeah. You see, sin is deceptive. At times, it tries to disguise itself as something good yeah. or something that is acceptable. You think that, You think to yourself, I'm not hurting anybody else. It's not gonna bother anybody else. What I'm doing right now, guess what? It's not hurting Latasha, it's not hurting Annette, it's not hurting Ben. I'm not hurting anybody else. But what you forget to understand is that you're hurting yourself. So you think that, Well, oh, I'm not hurting anybody. I am gonna to go to get to hope here pretty soon, so just hang on with me for a second. You think you're not hurting anybody? But that's what sin does. It deceives you. It's so good. Not good in a good way, but good in a bad way. It deceives you. It makes you appear that, man, there's nothing wrong. And all of a sudden, you wake up one morning, and you feel like you're in a dead place. Sin is deceptive. It tries to disguise itself. It's time to come out from the dead. Stop hanging out in places that no longer have life or purpose. I'm going to say it again. Stop hanging out in places that no longer have life or purpose. Because God did not create you for that. God created you to live among the living. God created you to have a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. God wants more of you than for you just to hang out with the living or the dead things of life. He wants you to hang out with the living. God's created you for a purpose. Jesus wants you to set, set you free from that place of hopelessness and darkness. He wants you to know that change, change, change can come your way through the power of the Holy Spirit. You might not think there's any possibility of change. Guess what? I bet Keith didn't think there was any possibility, but change, transformation, deliverance came his way. You don't have to stay in the darkness of hopelessness that is bound by evil. You can be set free. You can change, and God can help you in that. Man, I got to tell you, it requires that you seek out Jesus. It requires that you come running to Christ. Another question that I want to ask you from this story today. Are you living out of control? First question, are you living in a dead place? Second question, are you living out of control? This man was his situation had become so bad that no one could control him. They tried to put him in shackles and chains, but he would just break free. It was so bad that no one wanted to be around him. I would state that there are many people in society today that are living in the very same situation as this man, out of control. Maybe they appear normal in the physical appearance of their life, but man, inside, they are being torn up. They are completely out of control. People who are thinking about suicide, people who are thinking about murder, you don't think that's taking place? I mean, i got to wake you people up. What do we see on a regular basis? We just saw two military situations this week in Hawaii. And and where's the other one? In, In Florida. We're shooting people that were completely out of control. We see it in school shootings. We see it in suicides. We see pastors committing suicides. People out of control. Outside appearance looks great. Inside, guess what? They're living in a dead place. They're living out of control. Just try. I'm just being real today. This man, who had lost all hope, had become so out of control that he started to cut himself. We don't know why he was cutting himself. Maybe life had become so dead that the only thing that he could bring life to him was by cutting himself. Maybe that was the only thing that would bring feeling to his life. Maybe cutting himself provided a form of distraction from his depression, from his hopelessness. Whatever the case, we know that he was listening to the enemy. His mind was out of control, and he needed help. Feeling out of control is a scary thing. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation that you felt completely out of control. I remember as a little kid, we were going from Yakima, Washington, back over to Seattle, Washington. We were visiting my grandparents. And my, my dad my parents owned a Buick, and our family was traveling together we were traveling home about a three-hour ride we had to go over the mountain pass of snoqualmie blew it back in those days and we were crossing over that mountain pass and we hit black ice have you ever been on black ice before completely out of control it's the craziest feeling it's just the car is just spinning each and every way you're just going you felt helpless in that situation that car was spinning 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 and all I remember is seeing, I was in the back seat, and I remember seeing the, the semi truck with headlights coming right at us. At that moment, we th- I thought we were going to die. And somehow, miraculously, that car spun right around that semi truck. We missed it within inches, and we just kept on spinning completely out of control in this black ice. It was so slick. When we got out of the car, you couldn't even stand. I mean, it was that slick. We kept spinning. We kept going towards the edge, which was a cliff that dropped off several hundred feet. I thought we were going to die. All of a sudden, we got close to that guardrail, and boom, we just stopped right within a few inches of that guardrail. It was the craziest thing. And I remember sitting in that back seat, spinning around, feeling completely helpless and out of control. There was nothing that I could do the only thing I could do was pray. I remember my mom yelling, Jesus. And we finally stopped at that guardrail. And we started just to talk for just a moment. And we were just thanking C- God for, for saving our lives. And I remember my sister all of a sudden in that moment, all she could think about is she had matching underwear on. Because if she was going to be cut out of that car and lifted to the hospital, she wanted to make sure she had matching underwear on. <laughs> Weird things that you think about when you start to get ready to die. That's my sister. Love her to death. Sometimes life can feel out of control, and it's a scary feeling. This man that Jesus met was out of control. He literally had devils that Jesus needed to deal with. In his life we, need to, in, in life, we need to allow Jesus to deal with some of the devils that maybe we have. And I'm not saying that anybody that's sitting in this place is demon-possessed. Don't, don't, don't take that from today. But what I am saying is that sometimes we have pushed some devils in our past, from our childhood, from growing up. Maybe you have a devil in your workplace. Maybe you have a devil in your home. Maybe you have, you're, you're dealing with something you don't want to deal with, and you just kind of push it away. You just keep pushing and pushing it away. And it's time to let Jesus deal with those devils. Jesus said in John 10, 10, he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. You see, the enemy, the thief is the enemy. The enemy is the devil. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy your life. It says in the scripture, why would you think Jesus would say this unless it was true? He was saying, hey, guys, wake up. The enemy is trying to kill you today. Just FYI, he's going to be very deceptive. He's like a lion. He's out there crouching, just ready to pounce on you. You better get your life, man. Say no to those things. Start saying yes to Jesus, because he's the only one. We never think it's a big deal until it's too late. You never think that one more donut is a big deal until you (laughs) don't. Say no to the donut, man. I know we leave the temptation right out in the lobby. Maybe we need to start charging money so people won't eat the donuts so much, man. <laughs> My temptation, too. But it's Jesus who can set you free from hopelessness. And he can give you a new hope and a new purpose. Remember, Jesus is the one who brings us peace and joy into our life. He can set you free from any bondage that you might think is hopeless. Guess what? With Christ, that's not hopeless. With Christ, all things are possible. Brings me a last thought that I want to share with you today. Your miracle is found in Jesus and no one else. Your miracle is found in Jesus. This story is so interesting. As you read the story, and I read to you some of the backstory about the disciples and Jesus getting into the boat and they crossed over the Sea of Galilee. If you read the entire passage, at times in your life, in your Bible reading times, you need to read more than one verse. One verse is great, okay, that's awesome. But if you don't read more than one verse, you're never going to get understand the story of the Bible. you got to start reading more than, one, more than one verse. See, if you read that story, you'll discover that it appears to me the only reason that Jesus got in that boat with his disciples was to go meet this man who was demon-possessed on the other side. You read the story, there is no other account. there is no other reason. As soon as this man is healed, Jesus gets back into the boat with his disciples, and they go back across the other side of the water. And let me remind you about the story. When they got in the boat to cross over the Sea of Galilee, the disciples thought they were going to die. Because the storm was so heavy, the storm was so big, They thought, now Jesus is taking a nap on the front of the boat. He doesn't have no fear about evils or devils or storms or waves or wind. He doesn't have any fear because he lives in faith. He knows who his heavenly father is. But the disciples thought they were going to die. And as I was reading that scripture, it brought something to life into my spirit. I want to declare to you today that you are never outside of the realm of Christ. There is never anything that seems so hopeless that Christ can't reach to you. He can get through the storm. He can get through the waves. He can get through the wind. He will get to you if you have faith in Jesus Christ. There is nothing outside of this realm. There is no power. There is no enemy that is greater in Jesus. In fact, in the word of God it says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That means devil, demons, and all of his demons are one day going to bow before Jesus Christ. Which gives us the hope that no matter how hopeless your situation might seem, not with God. Because Jesus is hope. He can take care of your situation no matter what you think might be. He can deliver you from prison. He can deliver you from drugs. He can deliver you from alcohol. If you you can't put that alcohol down and it's just been your crutch in your life, guess what? He can take that away from you. He can deliver you from sex addiction. He can deliver you from whatever that's in your life that's distracting you from his purpose. You can see the enemy is out there to try to kill, steal, and destroy your life. And you need to wake up. You need to grab a hold of a story of hope in your life that Jesus wants to set you free. Amen. This serves as a reminder to all of us. Jesus knows your difficulty and is willing to meet you wherever you are at. Think of Jesus as the knight that rides up on the white horse ready to save you. Oh pastor Tom come on don't make up stories I'm not John in his vision in Revelation chapter 19 verse 11 says these words it said then I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse the one sitting on it is called faithful and true and in his right and in his righteousness he judges and makes war as I read that verse, it reminded me that Jesus doesn't make war for just no purpose. He makes war against your enemy. He makes war to fight for those who are righteous in, through his son, through him. He makes war for you. He, fight, he will fight your battle. When you think it's hopeless, guess what? Jesus is there on a white horse, and he's ready to, be, to make war for you. There is hope in Jesus. It's time to make a decision, and I'm not trying to make, I know it's got real heavy for some reason. It's supposed to be stories of hope, but sometimes, like, as a pastor, you don't understand that during the week sometimes (laughs) things weigh on me, and I have this pressure. You can't just share some words from the Bible and make a great teaching. And not bring the anointing of God, the passion of the Holy Spirit, yes. upon the, pa- the same passion that Christ has for you, that the same passion that God, the Heavenly Father, would send his son Jesus to a cross to die for your sins. You see, we have to have some passion in our lives, passion for Jesus. We need hope in our lives. Jesus will make war against your enemy because he is your rescuer. You may feel there is no hope, but there's hope in Jesus time to make a decision. Which side are you on? It's interesting in verse 6 of our story it states this in, John, in Mark chapter 5 verse 6. We've already read this but I'm going to read it to you again. When Jesus was still some distance away the man, the demon possessed man that we were talking about in our story saw him. He ran to meet him and he bowed low before him. You see no power of the enemy was going to stop this man from seeing Christ. We read that story, and as you read it, you start thinking about, man, that man, he, he made that comment. But that wasn't the man. That was that, the, the evil spirit that was inside of him. The man, when he saw Christ, he knew that that was his last hope. He knew he was in a hopeless situation. He understood he's living in a cemetery. He knew that no one could control him, not even himself. And when he saw the Son of Man, when he saw Jesus Christ get out of the boat, he went and ran towards him. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Earlier, as we watched Keith's testimony, a story of hope. Keith made this comment in in the video. He said, man, I knew I had to tell the truth. And it was the truth that ended up setting him free. If you're today here living in a hopeless situation, I want to share with you that it's the truth of God's word that will set you free, that will set you free from bondage, from hopelessness. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a word of truth for all of us today. This demon-possessed man, he had no hope. And miraculously, he was delivered by Jesus. He was transformed. Everyone else had given up hope. His family, his friends, they all had given up hope on him. But with Jesus, there is no such thing as hopelessness. I need you to change your thinking today. When you find yourself in a hopeless situation, when you find yourself that, man, I can't pay my bills, or, or man, my, my spouse, man, I don't know if our marriage is going to make it, or whatever it might be, Stop putting your trust in your spouse. Stop putting your trust in your money. Stop putting your trust in your things and start putting your trust in God. He will take that hopeless situation and turn it around for good. I want to close by sharing the rest of the story. Paul Harvey used to say that. Didn't he? Paul Harvey used to say that. Now for the rest of the story. I'm kind of old. Sorry, guys. Regarding that demon-possessed man that was healed, look at verses 18 through 20 of Mark chapter 5. It says then, as Jesus was getting into the boat, this is after Jesus had already delivered him from the demons. This is after the demons went into the herd of pigs. This is after people started sharing the story. Jesus is now getting back in the boat. This is the only thing Jesus that we can see in Scripture that he did at that point, He's getting back in the boat with his disciples. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns of the region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. The man who had been set free wanted to go with Jesus. I'm telling you right now, that would have been my natural response. If I'd been living in a cemetery and all of a sudden I've been set free from the demons, Guess what? I'd be down there at the boat with Jesus. Hey, can I go with you? I want to hang out with you. And Jesus emphatically says no. He says no. And the thought came to me, and I share this with you. See, your deliverance is not just for yourself. Your deliverance is for the glory of God. We forget those things. We so much, we so... All of us are so always inward thinking about ourselves, we have to break ourselves away from that thought because God, the healing wasn't just for the man, it was for the glory of God. Jesus told the man, go home and tell your family and your friends all that God has done for you. The Bible says the man traveled to 10 different towns and started sharing his testament. Can you think about it? I mean, the rumor must have been out there. Did you hear about this man? I mean, the rumor was out there before he got healed. People knew about this man who used to go into this, or who used to live into the cemetery, and he'd howl at night into the darkness. Crazy. I've heard about people like that. Crazy. And now this man stands before them, completely healed, completely normal, sharing his testimony about this man who came across from a boat and healed him and delivered him. It's a hope of deliverance. In Keith's testimony on the video today, he shared this. He said, what appeared to be his darkest hour became his greatest victory. And I share that with you today because sometimes what happens is certain things that happen in our life, they start feeling like it's going to be our darkest hour. It starts feeling like it's a hopeless situation. And maybe God has just put in that situation or has allowed that situation to come into your life. Because for His glory, He's going to deliver you from that so that you can have a hope of deliverance. We all have a hope of deliverance. Let me remind you today. Because you are dead to sin. You were dead, 100% dead to sin. You were going to be punished without the, the love of Jesus that came down from heaven to earth to die on the cross for your sins. You have a hope to share. You have a story of hope to give out to other people. We live... Beside people who are hopelessness. And I'm preaching to myself today. Man, Pastor, you're Tom, why don't you share your story of hope more? I share it, some. But I'm an introvert by nature. It's hard. Some of you are extroverts, man. You can talk to anybody. You get in the elevator and you know their name, you know their social security number, you know their phone number, you know their address. You know, yeah, you know who you are. You're just like, man, it's just natural to you. Not me. But see, all of us. God wants to give God wants all of us to start sharing our story of hope because people need hope in today's world. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the power of your word. That, Lord, it's your word that can change our life. Lord, it was the power. On that boat that day when the man came out to meet you that deliverance and transformation took place and I pray today God that the power of your word for anyone that might be here today that sees the situation maybe as hopeless that God you would bring hope into their life that you would set them free from any devils that they've been running from in the past Lord God Lord, I pray today, today, Lord God, this morning, that you would allow, they would allow you to deal with their, their devils, Lord God. They would no longer try to fight them on their own strength, but God, through your power, through your strength, they would be set free. There are two thoughts that I want to share with you today. with heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe you are still searching for your story of hope. You don't have that story of hope yet in your life. And I just want to give you an opportunity today I don't want to ask for your hands to be raised, I don't mean want to, that's between you and God right now. But if you need a story of hope in your life, you have never ran to Jesus like that man ran to Jesus to get set free. All you have to do, the scripture says, is to confess your sins to the Lord, to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and the scripture says you are saved. You can't just say it. you got to believe it. you can't just, You got to believe it in your heart that Jesus has the power to take over any situation in your life, and He can set you free from hopelessness. And the first step is to find salvation in Him, it's to save you from your sins, to save you from the condemnation of your sins. He can set you free, and all you have to do is ask. I'm going to say a prayer right now, and you can say that prayer with me. Say it in your mind. Say it out loud, congregation. You're welcome to share this prayer with me as well, because I believe some people are going to set free of hope from hopelessness right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask that you come into my life and set me free. I choose to follow you. Whatever my hopeless situation is, I know that you can overcome it. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The second story, you can open up your eyes. The second response that I just want to give to you today. Maybe you're sitting here today, and you've been fearful of sharing your story of hope. And today, I want to break you free from that. And I'm speaking to myself as well. Pastor Tom, I don't really have a story of hope. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You just haven't thought about it enough. You haven't realized what it is. If you have found Christ, you have a story of hope. Because He has set you free from bondage. You have a story of hope. And I want to encourage you to take opportunity this week and share your story. Coffee place, grocery store, having coffee with a friend, lunchtime, at the workplace, wherever it might be. Don't be so shy that you always say, maybe... You know what I'm talking about. When all of a sudden you're in a situation and the Holy Spirit is just starting to prompt you. You need to share it. You need to say something. You need to, and you go, that's just stupid. Come on, am I the only one there? And you go, oh, that's, that's not, that's just, that's not, that's not God, that's just me. No. If you're thinking of something that you don't want to do, that's God. I'm just telling you right now, most likely. I'm not guaranteeing it. But most likely, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you need to step out in faith. Don't be fearful anymore. Take these cards that we have, Stories of Hope. Go talk to people about the church. Hey, I go to South Coast Christian. Man, they've been preaching a message of the story of hope. I just want to invite you to come. Come with me. I'll take you out to dinner afterwards. Man, people don't say no to food. Don't take them to McDonald's, okay? Take him to a good place, okay? Take them out to eat. It's an investment in the kingdom of God. You know what I'm saying? It's a way to invest your money into the kingdom of God to spoil someone say hey come on out with me after dinner but come to me with come with me to church first I want to share about what hope can do in your life that's all I got today God good all the time time, he is good thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian podcast we appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving we are able to provide these resources.